Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey everyone, it's Red Men Radio, the Liverpool podcast uh, with Have myself, jingle yet? Paul Machin, and the man who likes to speak over intros, Chris Bajak. Hi. Uh, if anyone wants to do us a jingle, by all means... I'll do you a jingle. Nope, thanks. It's fine. Um, if anyone oh, professional man. wants to do us a jingle, by all means, we'd love to hear it. Um, I could loop myself. I could loop myself. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so, we to kick us off, Ian Taylor, iTaylor87, on Twitter said, which five current Liverpool players would be in your five-a-side team? Um, now yes, for an historical five, but I think that's that we could do it. We could do two whole shows on this, but we're going to stick with the current Liverpool team. And to make it interesting, rather than us just pick five players, we're going to do it schoolyard style mm-hmm. with one pick each and see how, see who comes out with the best team on top, which you will get to vote for. Um, before we do that, just to come up on this show, we're going to be talking a little bit about. I really wish I'd listened when we talked about this before. And go on, Liverpool's yeah. uh, the battle of Liverpool Football Club, very much with its its socialist roots and how it handles the the capitalistic requirements of being a, a you know a a major player in in business as well. Obviously, some issues that have stemmed up that came out over the weekend with regards to a particular partnership, which we'll talk about in a moment. And we're going to be taking loads more of your questions. But yes. To kick it off, Mr. Chris Pajak, I'm going mm-hmm. to allow you to call it. Heads. Just dropped it. Show me it. Show me it. Ah, dang. Tails. First pick goes to me then. And I pick Mr. Felipe Coutinho. Yeah, that's a good first pick. I'm going to scribble the name on. <laughs> right there. Uh, okay, I'm going to take uh, Adam Lallana. Oh, that's a really good shout. Okay, uh, Jordan Henderson. Sadio Mane. That's fine. Ooh. James Milner. Roberto Firmino. That's also fine. Simon Mignolet. Dang. <laughs> uh, okay, now I'm in a bit of a, a bit of a quandary here. Ooh. I am gonna go for. Genie Wijnaldum. Interesting shout. Okay. And I have got the pick of the goal scorers. Hmm. This is tough because I like my backup option for this as much as I like my first choice option. I'm just going to have to go with Daniel Sturridge. I'll take Danny Wood. That's fine. Now, so therefore, your five-a-side team is... Danny Ward, Adam Lallana, Sadio Mane, Genie Wijnaldum, Roberto Firmino. Wow. Okay. Mine is Simon Mignolet, Jordan Henderson, James Milner, Philippe Picatinho, Daniel Sturridge. What's your thinking behind that? I, well... You just picked as many good players as you possibly can. Yeah, I think what when when I like to play five-a-side, I like it when the number nine drops back and plays and people play off him. So I've picked Roberto Firmino for that role. Yeah. He's not the finisher in the side, although he's the only centre-forward. Uh, I've got Adam Lallana, Sadio Mane and Gini Wijnaldum. I'm going to score more goals than you. No, you're not, because yes, I've got a better defence. Yeah, that's not really true. It's you true. don't need a defence in five-a-side. Of course you, you do. Need, no, you don't. No, you don't. This Seven is why, a side, you need a defence. No, no, no. Because this is why Tom's team wins in five-a-side Tom almost doesn't. every week. That's not true. Who's winning? 
No, no, no. Who's winning the league in no. five aside? Who is winning the league in five aside? And in how the office. Many... Who is winning the league in five aside? You. Who? Right. How many of so those how... games do you play at Tom and your team? Well, if I'm beating him, it stands to reason I win more games than him. Yeah, but that's not to suggest you don't have... By one. That's not to suggest you don't have a good defence in that, because you have Jamie in those games sometimes as well. Jamie has played one time. The point is... And he has played 13 or 14 times and won once. The point is, is that you've got to have a couple of people who do all your running, who are committed, who are the people who who stick the foot in to empower the other people. Exactly, and I've got four of them. Who? Roberto Firmino, Gini Wijnaldum, Sadio Mane, Adam Lallana. Next. Ah, right, OK. I'll, I'm going to leave it up to the public to the public vote. Who do you think in a game Just of five-a-sides? You do not need... I like Tom did his team before, and you don't, need, you don't need a centre-back in five-a-sides. You, mm. you do not. Gini Wijnaldum and Adam Lallana win the ball back a lot. Adam Lallana was my most crucial player. I think it was ridiculous that you didn't go for him. There is the no... Only, the only other player from my outfield team that you've got is Phil Coutinho. Because yeah. he... My team would have been Mignolet, Mane, Lalana, Coutinho, Firmino, and there ain't nobody in world football who's beaten that team. You need last to have. You only need one guy to do the, to do, be a runny, dribbly guy, and that's Coutinho for me. You can't have too many of them because you get they get selfish. These are professional footballers playing exactly. a sixty-minute five-a-side game. I think I'm going to be all right, Paul. I don't think so. I think I think you, we'll leave it up to the viewers and the listeners, and the listeners I've will got, side with. Chris I've Page, got, I've got, as they the, always I've got do. Guaranteed because goals. That team there is going to dominate your team every single which way. I think our, our audience are more educated than that, Chris, and I think they know you need balance in the side. Yeah. And I think you've yeah. got goals, like, you've got your dribbling guy. There is no better five a side footballer at the football club than James Milner because he plays in every single position on the pitch. That's a good point. And he'll do all your running but you'll for never you all get day. The, you'll never get the ball forward because Hendo's playing Jordan. sideways balls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, there you go. You never get. You're gonna get goalkeeper Henderson. Where am I gonna pass it to? Back to the keeper. Back to Henderson. And I've got our best shots. And then Lalana comes in, nicks the ball, Danny Ward, scores a goal. Danny Ward's too big to play five a side. That that is probably true of Manuel too. It's not. Why? Because what he's are the difference in height? About two or three inches. Come on. Two or three inches in a five a side goal is not making much difference. It is. It's very difficult to get down. Simon Manuel is our best shot stopper. He's not our I'm, best shot stopper. He is. Danny Ward is. He's not. Danny Ward is 100% our best shot stopper. He's definitely not. Listen, let everybody else decide. <laughs> let everyone else decide, because you know I've won that one. I disagree. I think, you, I think you've overcommitted to a not at all. So to completely shift in tone then, um, you spoke to a guy at the match, Chris, who's something that's brought up. We've had, a, we've had a, a couple of really good emails on things in recent weeks, and you know, I like to draw light to things, particularly when I've had no understanding or no knowledge of stuff. But do you want to just uh, just fill me yeah, in? Yeah, so I, I sat next to a guy at the match called Ben, uh, who had a Tibetan flag with him and was protesting a partnership that Liverpool have done with a company called Tibet Water Resources Limited. They are the official regional water partner for Liverpool Football Club. And this deal was done quite a while ago, and I don't know how much money it's it's worth to Liverpool. That should be noted. Uh, but Ben had some some really interesting stuff to say to me, and, and he, he, I asked him for some more information because I'd seen the petition but it was one of those things that I kind of glossed over, if I'm honest, and, and that's that's a failing on my behalf. Yeah, I had no, I had no knowledge this this was a thing. Whatsoever. Well, there's twenty, neither not even the partnership. I had not even noticed that the right. partnership. Well, there's there's, there's twenty eight thousand people have now signed this petition for Liverpool to drop the sponsorship with TWRL mm-hmm. from now on. Uh, we'll call them. Now he sent me over a load of information on not only the partnership and and different bits and pieces from Twitter and so the independent picked this up at the weekend the independent have picked it up the Financial Times CNN there's a lot of big uh, news sites out there now who are who are talking about this but I asked them to send some information because I've digested as much of that information as possible I've obviously passed it on to you and you've had a look into it as well where it really stems from though is that the Chinese occupation of Tibet as a country mm-hmm. which happened I believe in, in 1950 so it's been occupied now for the best part of 70 years yeah. uh, um, now, uh, my understanding of this, and this is from information that I was passed on, is that you know there is a, a, a lot of well, it's it's an occupation essentially. You yeah. know what I mean? And and a million Tibetans have died during this occupation. And Liverpool have done a deal with a, a Chinese company 
in Tibet, stripping resources, essentially water in this instance. Um, and, and the question is, I suppose, should Liverpool have a commercial deal with that, with the socialist roots of Liverpool Football Club? Yeah, no, I, 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 that, that, that's the really interesting thing for me. And I think it, it stems a wider conversation, which we'll, which we'll come on to. But I think the, the thing that really opened my eyes to this was the fact that look, there's, there's 28,000 signatures on a petition yeah. about this, which can't be which can't be ignored. Which is why I, I thought it was worth I thought it was worth covering because you right, it, it it puts Liverpool whether it's through fault of their own or, or not, we can we can we can come on to in a moment. But it, it it warrants looking into and it warrants conversation because for me anyway it feels like whether this is right or wrong it feels like liverpool always seem to end up in these kind of kind of yeah. situations where we 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 we're a club that as you say pride ourselves on our socialist roots and i i think of what i think of the the liverpool way and i think of the liverpool ethos and how i was raised to believe it was um via me dad and my granddad etc etc was again like like socialism meant to be it's, it's people first it's a uh, it's it's not it's not business face. It's 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 your guys on the street. It's, it's your everyday fellas walking down the street, and it's and, and and how that how that impacts them. And this for me, if if it is, if you if if you cut out the middleman on this, and you said Liverpool were di- directly dealing with the with people who were who were causing this regime or whatever, you'd be like, well, no, that's that's miles wrong. That's com- that completely does not fit with Liverpool Football Club. Um, so. It does enter Liverpool into another uh, murky set of situations. Well, <laughs> pardon the yeah, pun. Yeah, absolutely. But it does. It does. I mean, where do you where do you think on this? Because the the question is, I guess, is whether it's Liverpool's responsibility in this situation um, to take a stand. If 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 you get me, is it is it is it is it, is it responsibility of a football club? Because effectively, Liverpool aren't doing anything wrong. And the, to the the company in question are not responsible for directly responsible for the occupation. You know, to use the expression, the, the stripping resources. Well, the stripping resources is you source water or or mine anywhere. That's 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 a, a propaganda phrase, and I guess to, to some extent. Now, this, this these companies have a legitimate right by the by the law that's set in place to be there. It's just whether Liverpool should. Should look beyond that, and I, I, I think we, I think we both agree on this. That I'd like to think that Liverpool would be the kind of club that would look up, look yeah, beyond I this. I think so. I think. Listen, you know, I've only really looked into this since the weekend. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I make a couple of mistakes along the way while I'm talking, then please forgive me for it because, you know, I'm not somebody who has protested free Tibet for 30 years. Yeah. You know, I've I've found information and I've been handed information. I've read that information. I've digested that information. But ultimately, 28,000 signatures speaks a lot to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's 28,000 people out there that think that this deal is wrong for Liverpool. And from the surface... I do believe that that's the case as well mm-hmm. because it, you know the way you, you get down these sort of internet wormholes sometimes, yeah. don't you? And you end up, start off on Facebook sometimes and you end up a mile away from Facebook yeah. reading about a cat's left paw for some reason, you mm-hmm. know, and I, I ended up one, down one of these. <laughs> that's a very strange example, but carry uh, yeah, on. I, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> I think it's because your left hand looks like a paw. Anyway, um, <laughs> so I ended up reading not only about tea, WRL, but about the Free Tibet campaign and stuff like that. Now, my views might be slightly clouded because I felt quite emotional reading about that. I felt quite emotional watching some videos about that. And, you know, whether that is directly linked to this deal or not, it stirred something up in me that made me think, you know what, if I'd have known that and I was entering in with that business in China, I would have had real reservations about moving it forward. Mm -hmm. And that's where it kind of comes from for me. Yeah. So I'm not saying that Liverpool have or haven't done anything right or wrong here, yeah. but what I'm saying is if I was to put myself in that situation and I knew about the stuff going on in Tibet, yeah. I wouldn't, as a Liverpool director, if that was the case, have gone on with that with yeah. that course of action. Yeah, I, I, just to just to because yeah, we 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 looked into the into the company in question, and I think it's worth pointing out again from their side, from the from the company that we're these there's there's nothing illegitimate about what Liverpool are doing here. There's no illegitimacy in the deal. There's no dodgy. This is not like some dodgy sweatshop 
company that Liverpool are working with and we've seen that in football I, I want to come on and talk a little bit about that actually I, I, there's a perfect example of this in fact um, and the, there was a, there was obviously a, a, a counterpoint by by um, Tibetan Wars and they say basically what they're doing they, they, their stance on this has obviously led to development in the area and employment growth etc etc and that's that's the thing from their perspective from Liverpool's due diligence perspective as a business I think I don't think Liverpool have done anything wrong per se in this but I, I think given that it's been had, I'd like to think that the conversation, I'd like to hope that the conversation's being had because, again, as we boil down to it, 28,000 people is not a small number of people are concerned by this. And if this goes to a wider audience, it'd be interesting to see if that gets bigger and if there is a if there is a club reaction to it. Now, the, 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 obviously, just the, the counterpoint ultimately on this is that the, the, there are so many murky business practices happening around the world and there's probably... And there are, for a fact, you know, dozens and dozens of major businesses do operate in and around Tibet. Who, if Tibet were a free nation, would either not operate in Tibet or whatever. Um, so there, obviously, there's there's far more depth and detail of this than we're going to yeah, go I into. Think, I think what I'd like I'd like to encourage everybody who's listening to the podcast is to say, listen, you know, I'm not pushing one point of view or another on this, but do go out there and find this information, look for it, uh, you know, digest as much of this as possible, and make your own decision on yeah. it. I think that's important, isn't it? Because you know they might find that a lot of people think well, actually the club haven't done anything wrong, here. and that's fine if you think that that's the case. Now, for me, again. I'm not pushing an agenda in any way, shape or form here, but if you go out there and you find out that actually, you know what, this doesn't stand for what my Liverpool is, mm -hmm. then join them. Yeah, by, exactly. I think that that's it. I mean, we... Uh... Like I say, I, I I know what I want Liverpool Liverpool to stand for, and this is where it's. I don't think this is as cut and dry as uh, as all that. And I think there will be people who, on one side of the argument, who again, as as with arguments, who will feel that that is it's it's black and white nailed on whatever. But as we say, go and have a look. We'll put the link to the um, to as much information as we can in the in the in the information of this podcast and in the video version as well. Go and do the research if you're interested. Go and look into it, form an opinion. And I say, if you want to support the the petition then please do do so if you've got thoughts the count of it then 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 let us know feel free to look into it as much as you as you wish to in your off time but mm -hmm. again i just thought it was uh, you know you 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 brought it to my attention after it had been brought to your attention i thought it was definitely worth mentioning um, but I, I, it leads us on to a, a wider question i think in, about football in general as well about this because i remember i just think that it's it's becoming increasingly difficult for football clubs to hold on to these socialist roots, whether you know whether clubs are founded in them or not. I think football is in a, in, a, in a very general sense, and we see it year on year. I think we see that we see that eroded. You know, I remember bringing up the, bringing this up with Ian Air a number of years ago about things like um, the moving the football kits to being changed every season. Yeah. You know, it used to be every two years, then it was you alternated an away kit, so one changed every season, but you kept both kits for two years. Or then it was the away kit changed every year, but the home kit changed every two now years. It's and every now week. it's every week, three kits, yeah, three kits and three goalkeeper kits new every single season, and you know, and and. The, from a from a business perspective, people look at those top line numbers and rub their hands together and go, "Great, we get to refresh the product uh, every single year." People will continue to buy it because no kid in Liverpool wants to have last year's shirt on the back, effectively, and that's probably true. I'm I'm, I'm certain that's true of, of, of countries around the world. But it's how football, in a general sense, balances this because, and you know, we, we're talking about we're talking about this and uh, this this spring thing, like pales in comparison Liverpool are absolutely golden by comparison to some of the things that's been done in the past now it, it, it reminded me I think we've had com his name's come up recently but the conversation about um, Thaksin Shinawatra at Man City and just just as a, a, a reminder about it you know this is a guy who was overthrown in a military coup his party was outlawed uh, and barred from political activity there was obviously talk about human rights violations in Thailand and whilst he was whilst he'd been kicked out of power he then went on and bought Manchester City mm. and ended up in uh, ended up in charge there and we talk about the when we talk about due diligence you know, there's there's obviously far more stringent uh, methods and stuff in, in place for all this stuff now. But does does the and I don't think it's, I think this is less of a problem these days at the true top end clubs because I think you can cherry pick the deals that you're after to some extent. But when you're looking at these clubs who are desperate to catch up. There's, I, I just I worry that there's going to be more and more clubs entering into dodgier and dodgier circumstances yeah. in the chase for in I, the chase I, for dough. I think you're right, and unfortunately, what football needs is a governing body who can govern this. 
and I don't think football's got the governing body who can govern this. Um, I don't. I don't think I really need to say much more on FIFA than that, to be honest. Because you know, much in the same way that the Premier League has to check in and do due diligence, do do due diligence Absolutely. on potential owners. It would be nice whether it is at all possible to do due diligence on these companies that our football clubs are doing deals with, yeah. and you know, and but then it is. Who, who monitors the Premier League and who monitors this and that and it's ultimately football needs a government body that is straight and down the street and narrow and until FIFA sorts itself out none of this is ever going to sort itself out yeah. but interestingly just as a counterpoint I don't I wouldn't say that I agree with the kits changing every single year and stuff but there are now newer technologies in football kits that we don't consider. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if Liverpool decided against against the odds that they were actually going to keep a kit for two years, yeah. they might actually fall behind everybody else. And it's much the same way yeah. that, you know, you have those sleeve sponsors on the left. Mm -hmm. Well, if everybody sells them for 20 million on your... On your your shared sleeve and you don't you fall behind yeah. in, in monetary well, we've value never, we've never really talked about the, the, the sleeve sponsor where, where, where do you where do you stand on that I you know what I don't care yeah quite honestly I, I really couldn't care less I mean I don't see it on the football kit now I saw it when the images came out yeah. I, I, don't, I just don't care as long as they don't look like um, what is it is it rugby league kits where they're all over the place and all yeah, that yeah you see like the Austrian league and it's yeah uh, and stuff like that and, it's, and it's just far far too much and stuff but Listen, if if there are twenty clubs in the nineteen other clubs in the Premier League doing it, then I think you have to do it to keep pace. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I think that's the way that it is. Isn't it horrible that this is a this is a thing though, and this is a this is a topic of conversation that people that, that that we have to have. You know, again, not the maybe these conversations happened twenty years ago, and they probably will have done because you know, again, all, you know, all lefties and all that when the Premier League came in and the money started to pour in, will undoubtedly have gone, wow, what you know, feel like this was moving away from them and what have you. But I, I do feel like like we all know so much about the business side of football. It's mad, isn't it? Isn't we shouldn't it? give a damn. Yeah, it? I, I mean, again, I suppose when if, if everything's running smoothly and you and you and you're winning and you and you, you, you you're top, either you turn a blind eye to things that aren't right, or you, you again you you just less you're just genuinely less con concerned about about things because you get to focus on the football club. Whereas I guess when things aren't running right. We've used this analogy before, but when you you know you go into picket, you're looking for faults in something. Once you've got past a couple, yeah. it's easy to find every I wonder fault. whether the information was even out there, mm. you know, because it used to be back in the day, you get the news on how many times a day, you know what I mean? And, and we've talked about the 24 news cycle in sports, but equally, would a shared sponsorship in 1992 being on someone's sleeve really have taken up that much airtime yeah. that everybody in the country would know that Western Union sponsor Liverpool's left sleeve or whatever it is you yeah. know yeah. i don't know whether that would actually have been the case and yeah. you know there was a lot of things that you know when you re maybe it would have come up in newspapers and stuff but yeah. i think because everybody would have generally speaking for me anyway in my family we we read the liverpool echo yeah you know you wouldn't it, there wasn't much stuff going on in the liverpool echo that was around around the rest of the country but you two tend to see a lot more nationwide news than i think i was privy to when mm. i was growing up i suppose we're probably just more socially aware as a, as a as a people as well you know what I mean because of, because of all this stuff because so much so many of these things are highlighted and maybe that's a and maybe you know I think that's definitely a, that's definitely a good thing and maybe this is one of those things where uh, fans can help to self-govern these, these these things to some extent because we need to be the ones to keep our football clubs honest um, and look, there's, there's, there'll be wide, there's wider issues around. You know, people talk about the ownership. We did a lot of this last last week, and we've done it the week before. We've done it, we've done it countless times. But let's not Can I ask you a question? If Liverpool was owned by Liverpool fans, you think it would have gone in for this deal? Um, I, I, I think it's hard to know. I think, I think there's every chance, yes, because. I don't know. It depends who's running what. I think we get this notion that Liverpool is a one. It's like one man makes the decisions for everything at Liverpool Football Club. And the the thing is, we and we also see fans as like what is this like a collective of fans would be making every you know we clear on every decision. You'd be getting business. You'd be getting fan. You'd be getting business people in to make these decisions whether the fans own them or not. And if the fact that it's taken. The deal was signed in the summer, in like J July or whatever it was announced, and yet the vast majority of people are not hearing about it till October. Says that 
these things. You know what I mean? Like I'm not. I'm not saying this wouldn't. This wouldn't have just been a consideration whether it was fans in charge or not. I'd, I'd like to hope that it wouldn't. Yeah. To be honest, I'd like to hope that there would be a mechanic in place whereby, in a fan-owned football club, um, you know, the commercial team, for example, would come to whoever it is, the committee, and put it towards the committee, and the committee would then uh, let everybody else know about it, and there'd be some kind of group decision. I made. need. I think this is. I think it's a wider question. What fan? What fan ownership would look like? Because. Yeah, God, can you? We have this already in, in in various areas of business where you do when when decisions are tabled and taken by committee. That imagine if you had that for every single every single facet and every single question that was asked at a football club, you'd imagine that fans were owned. It would look largely like it looks now. You'd have your board of direct your boards, and you'd have you'd have votes taken on the major things, but you'd have. You'd still have a CEO. You'd still have a managing director. You'd still have all these guys would still be in place. They wouldn't necessarily be because you wouldn't just get John off the street who was dead popular in your fan group who gets handed the room the role of commercial manager. You know what I mean? That's not going to happen. And it, 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 I guess the kind again it comes back to the point is that uh, you know Liverpool will. Do, there's no way Liverpool don't do due diligence on on these things one way or the other. But like anything in in this, it's not necessarily about whether the decision's made. It's how. It's how you move, how you react to things, to, to bad decisions. Because everyone's entitled to make bad decisions. Bad decisions happen in life every single, in every single walk of life. We, God knows we've done it in our own experience of things. You put something out there, you think, no, I think this is fine. It's the, often it's how you respond to, to the reaction to stuff. If you choose to be bolleded about stuff in the face of overwhelming, like we've seen it with, I'll give you a random example of it. There was a company, like a clothing brand, a few years ago, and they they were like a very much a geek brand, and they put a photo out of that. There's like an R two D two dress, mm-hmm. and they put a picture out of like a really attractive girl wearing it, and they put a picture of the girl who's Sheldon's girlfriend in um, the Big Bang Theory out in it, and it's like what you think it is versus the reality or something, and everyone went and kicked off up in arms like how you how dare you body shame people and blah blah blah. Their response to it was to be like, shut up, it's a joke. Instead yeah. of going, okay, we'll take that. Down. Oh my god, yeah, we got that. To- we got that totally wrong. That kind of thing, and they completely destroyed their brand by not reacting to that kind of thing. And that's the thing we're getting back to the kind of the, the socialist thing is that because we're more socially and digitally connected, it's it it might actually help help things in some regards. And maybe this is an, maybe this is where you know we've got Liverpool having an increased connectivity with fans that's something that apparently they're looking to drive forward we'll see how that develops with Tony Barrett and his, his role and what have you that you'd like to hope that as we've said if this is a become if this is a, a big deal if this if this if this does gather pace and gather momentum that it, it means that there's a dialogue there that can be had where someone can go excuse me Liverpool we don't think this is right could you could you Reevaluate your your stance on this. Yeah, I think the, the, the problem for me on this is though that you know it's been too many times now that we we seem to be making mistakes as a football club. You know, I, I don't hear about other football clubs getting into these types of things, and maybe that's because I'm not privy yeah, to it. Yeah, that's the point. Yeah, maybe yeah. it is, but maybe it's not, mm. and maybe Liverpool are consistently making mistakes. And, and you know, and how do they rectify that? Yeah. I don't. I don't think it's fair to say that without even remotely looking into it because I would suspect every football club has got these these at every at all the time at all different levels I mean well, listen, listen, I'm not going to sit on the fence I'm no, going no, 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 no. to say what I believe no no it's true but what I mean is you could just, that's not a that's that could well be just a misstatement of fact not an, not an, not an opinion it, you know you can say that Liverpool get into too many of them but you can't say by comparison to other people because there's no we okay well Liverpool get right. into too many of these situations yeah yeah and it seems to be that there's one every six months or to a year, and that needs to stop. Yeah, yeah, and that's it. And and, and again, yeah, completely, completely agree on that. It'd be interesting. Again, it depends on the levels of stuff. Now, I'll give you an. Ex- it's like, um, because my 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 sister was very, 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 very socially aware as a way, a way of putting it, and, and very proactive in, in protesting on these kind of things. Like, and it's cool, but it's those things of. It, it's with the things that we turn a blind eye to 
and it's the things that we I, I agree with it if it's but it's got to be consistent you know if we're going to take it if we take a stand on these on these things then someone needs to look into it all rather than be like here's cause of the month here's flavour of the month if Liverpool are going to be beholden to things if football is going to be beholden to things then it needs to be it needs to be more clinical than that because it's like no one bats an eyelid at Nike being sponsors yet Nike has been plagued with you know with with allegations of how they where their stuff's being made and all that uh, and, and yet realistically no no one's asked if they produce a, they produce a nice kit on his and he's the new contract for them etc etc you know what I mean so I agree it's a little bit different though with for me it's a little bit different with a brand like Nike because they're not from here they're not I don't behold them to the same values and maybe that again maybe that's me being wrong but, but that's not no, but my no, that's not Liverpool Nike. my Liverpool football club and the one that I've grown up with. Wouldn't be doing things like but this. But you're missing the point on that. Is that they they would be the intermediary company in this regard. But if Liverpool took Nike on as a sponsor, this is more is more is more the point in that. It's not us to to behold. To, it's not us to look to take these individual companies to task. It's the company. It's the us to make sure that the Liverpool are choosing or our football clubs are choosing the right partners. If you get me, because it's that's the same instance of saying the Tibet the Tibet water thing. That's a separate. Issue if that make if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I see. I see what you're saying. You're saying about the intermediaries and stuff like that. But the the difference between a brand for me like Nike and some people might feel like Nike or the way about the way I do about Liverpool Football Club. There is an emotional connection and a spiritual connection almost with Liverpool that I don't have with a clothing brand. Yeah. So maybe if Liverpool were to strike up a deal with Nike. Then I would have that that I would I would have that internal dialogue about it about is this right is that the right type of company that Liverpool do the fact of the matter is Liverpool don't have a sponsorship with Nike yeah and therefore I don't I don't think about that in the same way as I would if Liverpool were to do a deal with them okay do you understand yeah what's your point though my point is that Nike can be the Nike can, Nike will do things wrong and I'm sure they do and I I don't know about it but. I care about Liverpool Football Club and the way that they act and the values that they're built upon and then making sure that they enact upon those values. Yeah. Now, I don't understand the, the connection between Nike and Liverpool in no, that no, regard. I'm using, no, I'm using Nike as an example of a company that you could work with as a football club, not about your emotional investment in the football club. I'm that's talking. what I'm saying. I'm saying if Nike, that's what I've just said. If Nike were to do a deal with Liverpool, then I would have to look at that deal and go, actually, is this something that I want Liverpool to be involved? Yeah, I said that two minutes yeah, ago. Yeah, no, my point is more that this, yeah, it's, but the emotional connections are relevant to this. The point is more, it, Nike was just an example of a company, is that we need to make sure that it, if the, if we're doing this, when we need to, we, it's all, it should be an all or nothing situation. Exactly, and when I agree with looking, that. Yeah, exactly, we should be looking into every single company that the club works with to make sure that it's fair and balanced. What I don't want it to be is, uh, like I say, I've said it before, the flavour of the month. Someone's highlighted it because because here's, here's the problem with social awareness is that everyone dives on hashtags and everyone dives on whatever the, the whatever the, the the cool thing at the moment is, and it's whether it's changing your your avatar to have a, a, you know the French flag behind it or, or whatever. If it's a real thing and people genuinely care about it, then let's make sure that we do it do it properly because I think that's it needs to be because I think we're more likely to be heard if it is a consistent thing. You know, if that if that's an open dialogue, if people are literally going to go and do and people are going to look into it and check and everything, it needs to be a dialogue between uh, 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 whether it's a supporter group um, or whether it and 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 therefore within the club to make sure that is that to, to make sure that is that dialogue. I mean, I think that would be very interesting to see if Liverpool would be interested in doing that because I think that would what would what would be required is and I think this is what Liverpool should do if I'm perfectly honest Liverpool need to define what the the club's ethos is mm. for me because yeah. I think that's been lost over the years and you know we all we all throw butchered Bill Shankly quotes out left, right, and centre to to save whatever it is we're looking to do. Bill Shankly wouldn't have liked this, but you know, don't stop. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just sixty bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. 
Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Let's stop speaking for Bill Shankly. God rest his soul. Let's work out one of his Liverpool that we, we think is are the, represents the core ethos of the football club. Let's have that up on the wall. You know what I mean? Let's have that up in the dressing rooms. Let's have that up in every sub-office and every room and every, you know, everywhere. That should be the, 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 the front and centre. This is what Liverpool Football Club is. When someone says to you, you know what? What it, what does the pool represent? Here you go. Here's the here's the edict. Here's what here it is in a nutshell. Um, you're into that great, and then that allows you to be that allows us to hold Liverpool. Yeah, I think, to that's, the, I think that's the right course of action. I think you know there are there are a few key things that Liverpool do stand up for, and one of the things that Ben highlighted in his email to me is our brand is synonymous with struggles for justice. Yeah, you know, and and that. And that, regardless of whether it's yeah. written down or not, yeah. is one of those core ethos points. Yeah, yeah. And as such, you know, for example, Liverpool fans are, are very socially aware. We've talked about that before. I agree with you in what you're saying there is that every deal needs to be looked at in these certain ways. For example, if there's a Sun reporter or if anybody's got links to the Sun, Liverpool fans know about it yeah. straight away because yeah. people care about that. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that it, it should be taken from just a niche little thing like... I say niche little thing. I, I did. I didn't mean no no disrespect yeah. whatsoever about a newspaper and the editors of the newspaper and all that. It's not. It's not niche at all. It's huge and it's massive and everybody should know that. I think that, but it also should be applied to everything that Liverpool football. Yeah, exactly. Do as well. And I think, as I say, I think this this is where I think this should be a. And it won't. It just does. You know, it's a few of us in a, in a room talking about football and all that. But it would be nice. And I think. And I wonder whether. I, I, I mean, again, whether it would aid. Liverpool's ownership, or whether it would be something that would clear things up for me, because people talk say that Liverpool's ownership don't talk enough, and they don't set they don't they don't set things out. They react to things when as and when it happens. You know, like statements about Coutinho, statements about Van Dijk. They're you know they're reactive things. I would really like, and it's is it it's a it's a it's a daft comparison, but my you know my wife's a, uh, a primary school teacher. When you get a new class in, you've got there's the class rules, and you effectively almost put you to a class contract effectively. And what you say is, here's what we expect from you. Here's the behavioural code, and here's here's how we expect you to react to to behave, how you interact with each other, and how when you leave the school, how you represent the school going forward. Mm. These are the core code. This is the core code of conduct for this school, and I I think Liverpool could would benefit immeasurably from having and look maybe it exists but it probably only exists because I know when you when um, they do press releases and stuff like that there's there's a little guide to where, where things can and can't be published and stuff like that but for me like I say this should be on a stone tablet yeah. behind the agreed. cop agreed um, and you can see it and you buy and you buy into that belief you know and it, it, you know that's because that for me ties into I think I know what it is you know I've got a, it's, it's like an intangible thing it's a tip of the tongue thing that I th- I feel I've got a, a general grip of but it's it's nebulous to me it's not something you can grab on it's not something you can hold in the palm of your hand and show to someone it's a bit airy fairy. It's got a little bit of romance to it. It's got a little bit of like a little bit of poetry in there or whatever. It could do with being something condensed down and uh, you know as as and then as corporate a, as it, it is, it needs to go in a tweet poll. You know, it needs to go in 140 <laughs> characters so people can retweet that. Let them have 280. <laughs> but if it, you know, honestly, it sounds daft. But then if you if you then can't fit it on a lunchbox, what do you know what I mean? Yeah. You fail. You failed <laughs> effectively. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, something I would like you know moving forward all this and hopefully, you know. Uh, 
if 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 this is a, a serious growing concern and it gets a a, a a genuine movement behind it, I'd like to hope that Liverpool will will react to it. And if not, I'm sure we'll see a, a fairly you know robust response mm. uh, in, in the weeks and months to come. But as I say, just going back to the top issue, please do if you want to know more about it, please do go and read up. You'll you'll be if you've got the time and uh, an effort to dedicate yourself to it, you'll be able to understand this situation and the nuances behind it far more than we can ever represent in, in yeah. a podcast, okay. particularly one where largely there's loads of daft off the cuff irreverent jokes and, and, and humour between two fellas who've known each other for 20 years um, but yeah good and, and, and hopefully things moving forward if, you know, if there's anyone from the club listening I'd, I'd like to hope that you, you, it's something that you can push forward the Liverpool code the Liverpool ethos whatever it is define it let us know it let us debate on it let us talk about what it means to us what do Liverpool mean to us let us tell you what it is let us you know, let, let us help let, let us help you shape it well, I'm, 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 bang, I'm bang up for that and I'm sure everyone listening will be, will be as well because we've all got our own ideas Let's do a Venn diagram. Mm. There'll be the stuff on the fringe, there. the stuff that's at the core of what everyone says is there. It's a big tick. Carve it into that big stone tablet next to Bill uh, behind the cop. Um, yes, anyway, let's let's move on to some more lighter-hearted things. We had some great questions in this week, Chris. Um, via the Twitter in particular, um, there, was a, there was a question, and I'm going to find the name of the person who, who asked it to give him his due diligence and due fairness to what he's asked us, and he asks... Uh, does Ronith LFC? Would you swap Klopp with Mourinho? Nope. No. 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 Why? Uh, I don't like the way that Mourinho manages okay. his sides. I don't like. I don't think he'd be able to work, unfortunately, within the restraints of uh, our transfer budget. Shall we say? Uh, I don't think he's proven that he can work within those restraints. I don't think he fits the ethos of Liverpool Football Club. Uh, funnily enough, um, I don't like the guy, and I think Klopp does can and will, and I do. Mm. Yes, cool. <laughs> I, I like the I, I the Mourinho thing. I I'd have had Mourinho at the time. I'd, I'd rather have Mourinho than Benitez at the time. Just because he just won the, the European Cup <laughs> as much as anything else, and there was just thought that he, you know, he always had a little bit of a soft spot for Liverpool and what have you. Yeah. I'd have had him prior to him coming back to Chelsea the second time, but now, no, no, because it is the thing, and it kind of dips into what we've already discussed. But I'm a, I'm a romantic at heart. I still like the notion of someone creating something long-term for Liverpool, and that's not Jose Mourinho. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I, I, my, what Man United have done here is very, very canny, and they have effectively tried to buy a, a Premier League title to kickstart themselves back into that because, you know, as we well know, you're a long time with you can go a long time. You're a long time champions. You know, what I mean? you can go, you can go a very long time before winning titles. God knows we know it. And Man United, I think, are at that point now where if they don't get a league title in the next couple of seasons, it could be a long time before they pick up another one because it'd be very easy for Man City to just totally dominate, for Chelsea to step back up there and and, and do what they do. And I think Mourinho's their Hail Mary. They didn't want him hmm? because they, they he doesn't fit with their their club ethos or whatever at all but they've gone we've tried this it's not worked let's go and get a guy in who is more than likely going to deliver success if we pay them well they've all, he's already delivered it. success exactly. hasn't he? he's got yeah. two two trophies in the bag for them I do think I agree with you there I think it was the last roll of the dice for Manchester United I think they were worried about um Dropping away into almost obscurity, like unfortunately Liverpool has for a long a long time with regards to the league title and stuff. Um, Mourinho's just not right for Liverpool. I, I, I don't think he ever was. I don't think he ever will be. Um, his tactics aren't right. Can't, like, he is quite dour though, and I think we're, we're getting there. <laughs> I think he, I think, I no, I don't, like he would... I don't think so at all. Actually, I think he is dour, but you know, there's there is. There are times when Liverpool fans can be dour, but yeah. there's always that silver lining. Yeah, there is always I, that, and I don't, and I don't think his hair counts. I don't think he fits the old school scout mentality around Liverpool. I think, and it is the thing. I think Mourinho's lost. He's become more dour, hasn't he? Particularly at Man United, I think. It's, I think it's a wall that he's put up because we. This is the knee sliding, finger shushing Jose Mourinho. Still the same fella, but I, I think he would maybe. Because he's, because I think that that order that he's built around himself of being a bit of a knobhead and hard to please, I think that might I think that might resonate with a, with a, with a, with a, with a lot of Liverpool fans because you get the impression from him that you've got to go, you've got to work hard to impress him. 
that kind of, that kind of thing. Which you know whether that's true, um, I, th- I think that's true of Klopp. But you get the impression that Klopp, you, you you wouldn't fear be afraid going up to Jurgen Klopp and saying do you want a pint, whereas you would probably think twice about it with with Mourinho, I guess, because of that front. I don't know. I, I agree with you, by the way. Um, but I do I do also agree with the notion that if you told me that we could win a we we, we were never going to win a league title under Klopp, but there's a possibility of it under Mourinho, I might. I'm not far. It's been that long since we won a league that I might, I might, I could, I could maybe get myself into bought into the whole. Just get me one league title and then see where, yeah, see where we stand. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't. I don't. The, the difficulty is if you told me that Klopp's not going to win a Premier League title, and Mourinho might or someone else might, I'd go with the someone else. Here's a here's a question for you. I'm tempted to do a video of this on my YouTube channel. And I, quite, I haven't got it quite formulated. If someone told you that Liverpool were never, ever going to win another league title in the history of the football club, no matter what they do in terms of players or ownership or whatever, yeah, would that impact? Would you would you still support Liverpool? Would you still support Liverpool to the level that you support them? Uh, yeah, 100, 100%. I, I probably wouldn't be doing this with you. <laughs> yeah. Because you know, the hope, yeah, the hope is, yeah, ultimately that we are doing red men when Liverpool win a league yeah. title. Because could you imagine this in 27 years' time, oh Paul? God. The optimism would be gone, yeah, we'd be sat here moaning. I'm on the, I'm, I'm, it's it's way, you know what I mean? It, is, it would, yeah. this would be hard to do. Yeah. Being a football fan's not hard to do, being yeah. a football fan is very, very cool. Yeah. Watching football and watching 11 players go out there and. and, and play their heart out for your football team regardless of what level you're at regardless of the level of success you know I enjoy football more than anything else I enjoy watching football I've said this so many times and I think a lot of people for some reason don't yeah because they let everything else going on around the outside you know I can enjoy an individual game yeah yet some people can't because they don't know what's happening at the end of the season yeah you know, I can still enjoy passages of a game that we've lost. I can still I, look I at still a football get, match and go, do yeah. you know what? That Manchester United move where they played through Lukaku was sensational yeah. football. It's, and I enjoyed watching that. Yeah. I hated the fact that it was against us. Yeah. A great example is I could... If Dejan Lovren nutmegs someone and stuck one in the top bin, I, I, I could love that forever. And I can disassociate myself that from any negative feelings I might have had towards his performances lead, leading up to that kind of thing. You're right. I, I get a, I get a, a, a kick out of footy. I get a kick out of the, the individual moments and the moments of brilliance and all that kind of stuff. Because it, it's just an interesting question because, of course, that isn't a real thing, but it's a very, it is a, it's a possibility because it's possible that for any club to go forever without winning the league title because it's not guaranteed that anyone will win it because money's no. Because again, we're at a point where. Chelsea still win it periodically because they've done, but you know Chelsea, Chelsea also Chelsea could also not win it again. forever for a Liverpool fan is it is a finite amount of years. Yeah, give or take, it's about 80, 90 years, well, isn't course, it? Like, you know course. what I mean? So but yeah, but it, that's it's a thing. very real possibility. But it's a real possibility. It's a very real possibility that even if Liverpool got everything that you wanted, that you felt we felt that they needed in order to make it success, that you still we still might not win a league title off it. I need a few wonder, European cups, like no, you know exactly. what I mean. I'm not saying we're not winning. Spring cups, you Champions like... League, because it's it's part and parcel of the soul of the club, Chris. Um, but yeah, you know it, that that just it, just it, that's it, another it, one for the tablet outside the cup. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> European cups are part of the soul of this of this football club. There you go. If you listen to Liverpool, Liverpool, your person. Um, yeah, um, actually, I thought it, I just thought it was interesting. Something that was, it was something that was that was just niggling away at the back of my brain for a few weeks. Um, for me, again, as you say, yeah, I think it would be harder if you knew you could, you weren't going to win the league. If you didn't, if that hope was stripped away from you, I do wonder whether whether you judge it differently. You'd probably still watch it, but would I'd you probably just go to cup games? Yeah, fuck the league. Would you? What would you go? For, what would you go for? You'd have to go for those. <laughs> Game on game results, you'd have to yeah, go for the win for the individual wins, I, wouldn't you? I, listen, some people can compartmentalise better than others, can't they? Yeah. And I think those people are probably 
be more up for it than the others. Yeah. Um, great question here from the football gram. It says, why doesn't Klopp play two up top and chance the formation from time to time? Do you think he's too stubborn in his tactics? That's, I think that's two questions. It was interesting enough. I had a chat with Baz from Toffee TV this week because he was complaining and bemoaning Everton's situation at the moment, which made me feel better about life. Um, and he was saying, that, look, they need to just go, they just need to go two up top. And he said, at some point, someone decided that you could only play one striker. Um, and unfortunately, and it it developed to this. I'm 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 summarising. I'm kind of cut across a few things, but and I agree with the sense is that I think if you're gonna play one up front, you either need to have tons of pace out wide, which I think Liverpool have got. But realistically, you need to have a complete centre forward to play in that one number one slot to get the best to get the best out of it. And his complaint is there's loads of these mediocre football teams down the league who've gone, we've got to play one up front. And they've got guys who's either he's big and slow or he's small and weak. And it's very, you know, so the true best football clubs, it works for the best of the best because you can go and buy the best of the best to play in these positions and make it work. It's fine when you're Barcelona, when you're Man City, when you're this and that. But when you're Everton, what, why are they playing one up front when they haven't got a guy who can do that job effectively? And it led to this question of, you're better off. In that situation, why don't you just go with two up top? It's what worked for Leicester effectively. Yeah, it, it did work for Leicester, but... I also feel like that's not the reason. The striker's not the reason that everyone went to one up top. It was the midfield was the reason. Yeah. You know, I, I think it was in Spain in the early 2000s where it really probably picked up most in a, in one of the top leagues, certainly. And the reason was you put three man, a three-man midfield in there and you could dominate the midfield. And, you know, and then it was about making sure that someone broke and supported that striker. So for me, the question isn't about the striker and it's never been about the striker. It's been about winning the game in the midfield. Now, if you are saying, well, we'll put two mediocre strikers up front like Everton could and we'll lose the midfield battle as well, that probably gives them a worse chance of winning, Maybe, to be honest, because yeah. they'd probably need the three mediocre players in the middle to go against two to go against three good players. You know, they it's I don't think it's as simple as people sometimes say yeah. to just throw an extra man up top. Because look, putting it down to what the question's about, and it's about Klopp's tactics, isn't it? You know, Klopp's already complained that he doesn't have enough time to work on his individual tactics and these drills and stuff like that, changing it from a two-up top system to a, a one-up top system, sorry, to a two-up top system when you have no time to train what you want to do yeah. anyway is stupid. Yeah, I mean, again, yeah, I, I agree with in, in, in regards to the question. You, uh, it's not, it's, this is not FIFA football manager when you just change your tactics and it clicks and works because it can click and work because we've seen it. It does, it does happen. Absolutely. Look, Liverpool did that with Brendan Rodgers when they changed the three at the back. That wasn't something that they'd been working on for ages and ages. He but said himself, he paced around his k- kitchen at two o'clock in the morning and then developed it and it and it and it worked for a spell. Flip side of that is Antonio Conte last year. You know, he he starts with a four at the back, doesn't he? He was working on the three at the back, knowing that he'd eventually move. So that was the Arsenal result that changed his opinion. It made him quicken that that process up. But, but that's something that it, it, that's it, it, something it, it, that yeah. was a plan, you know what I mean? And that, again, I, I've said this before, and I don't know whether it's been on the podcast, but I've definitely said it to you in, in in shows and stuff. Is the side that I would most like to emulate at the moment is Tottenham now I don't know whether they've done it as much this year the switching between the three at the back and the four and the four at the back but last season they were certainly the first team that I'd ever seen that had done it and didn't miss a beat when they were doing yeah. it and that is something that you know that's why I rate Mauricio Pochettino as a coach because I've never seen a side be able to flick from one to another just like you're turning on the light do you know yeah. what I mean and you know I'd like us to get into a position where Liverpool can do that and maybe that is something that's going on behind and it doesn't necessarily mean the three at the back it could mean the change to two strikers up front rather than the three at the back it's but again we we haven't seen any signs of it yet that's not to say it's not going to happen but i just don't think it's going to happen the problem we have and this is it's about developing a it develop you're right it's we use it a lot the raffinism of short blanket syndrome is that if you're right you take a man you're taking a man from somewhere else in your team what are you losing because there's a, there's a reason why people are in it are in that system and the reason it works in that system. When you take a man out of that system, you've got to make sure that you're not compromising what you're doing in in another part of the pitch. Because it's all well and good having an ama- you know again it's well and good having an amazing door 
it's the best door you can buy in the world. But if you've if you've taken if you've sold your keys to to to, to pay for your door, then you're going to be locked out your house, aren't you? Yeah. Um, but that being said, we've seen some success with this. We saw this in the League Cup uh, season before last. Uh, Origi and Sturridge playing up front scored goals galore against Southampton, and I, I think it's two worth years ago. Out, yeah, I think it's worth pointing out that the last time Liverpool, the last truly good Liverpool side was 13-14 with Sturridge and Suarez. We went to the diamond, didn't we? Sturridge, Suarez uh, and Sterling as the as the as a you know pseudo front three. And um we were such a such a threat in that. And particularly Do you remember now, how that ended though? Oh no completely, completely. Um because of inevitably Crystal Palace figured us the out. Defences catch up. Yeah. And that that's the Well not defenders more attacks figured teams, whatever. We, 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 we were too narrow with that formation exactly. we used to get murdered down the flanks. Exactly. And but people knew how to stop us as well. And you know, Mourinho did it, didn't he? Where he crushed the middle of the park, and that's where the park of the bus thing came from with Liverpool and the two banks and the low block and all that type of stuff as well. So you get uh, you get almost a, a grace period with one of these changes, yeah. like sometimes you get with a new manager and stuff, don't you? Where it just all seems to yeah. click and everything seems to work, and it's about making sure that you can consistently produce, even when the the, the greatest attacks in any sport are the ones where you, the the opposition know what you're gonna do. Yeah. And can't stop yet, well, and that's what Liverpool have to. Yeah. And that, for me, that's what Liverpool have to strive to achieve. Yeah, because there is no answer for that. Yeah, and I, I think, in, in fairness, like we, you look at what we, we we're okay. I think why I think we're okay with what we've got because as mentioned at the, the top of it, because we've got pace and guile around. Let's say Roberto Firmino, for the sake of argument, is the thing. There'd be no point in us buying a just a goal scorer to play cent to play centre because I'm not sure. Let's just say a Jamie Vardy, for example. Mm. I'm not sure he necessarily fits. He probably he's probably not the best example because he does he puts so much work in anyway. But you need if we Liverpool to buy a complete centre forward who perfectly suits that system, they need to be able to do everything that Firmino does, plus everything that Daniel Sturridge prime Daniel Sturridge did as well going the other way so you still at the minute you you, you kind of you'd, you'd have to kind of go one or the other if you can't afford to I buy love, one I love these lines you've you'd have to be able show. to get guys you've to done go. a nice top left top right border yeah. and then a line with two arrows so things in, and you need to get somebody who can go in to, to, to go in the other way at the minute Firmino's lacking that that on the shoulder of the last man bit you know, we've talked about it already. Maybe Solanke becomes that in time for Liverpool. Um, but I, I don't think. I think as far as a solution to the problem, it's okay. It's just inevitable that because we're not scoring, we're not free scoring goals at the moment. Mm. You've got to look to what solutions are. And I don't. Dis- I going back to the question. I would like to see us find a solution to that because I think Daniel Sturridge plays better with another another person because because we don't have that one guy who's the perfect solution on his own I think it makes us a little hard it can make us a little easy to figure out at times yeah. I d- listen I, d- I do get it who was the guy who asked the question the Sorry. football gram the football gram um, yeah so first of all thanks for the thanks for the question but I think to, to wrap up for me anyway I go back to what I, I said a, a moment or two ago you keep working on this and if teams know what you're going to do and they can't stop you then, then you've struck gold. Yeah, and I, I think you know you can't judge this Liverpool side until all the pieces are are in place. Yeah. So until you've got your Adam Lallana, your Phil Coutinho, your Mane, your Salah, and your Roberto Firmino all playing, and whether that's how they all play, I'm not 100 percent sure. But if we then if we go up against low block sides, for example, and start snotting them, then the league better worry mm. because no. we, the yeah. the league had absolutely better worry because. What do you do then? Yeah. Do you attack us? Yeah. Because if you're just going to get beaten four 0 yeah. when you exactly. sit low block, it's about changing the what mentality. What on earth are they well, going to have to this do? This is what we That's had in for me. Just keep striving yeah. for perfection. We had this in 13, 14, didn't we? We created that fear factor around ourselves, and unfortunately, we haven't rekindled that mm. since the back end of last season, really. But you know, it, it's only it only takes a couple of results. At the minute, it doesn't feel like they're coming because the, the weight of it all. Bit weighs heavy on you until until you see a Liverpool win. It feels like you're never going to see a Liverpool win, but yeah. Um, but brilliant. Thanks very much for the questions. One final one from our, from from um, the podcasting couch, the joint best podcast in the Liverpool sphere. Joint my ass. with the Anfield rap. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which Disney characters would you choose to be your A striker, B central defender? Okay, um, the Incredible Boy for the striker, maybe. 
Incredible boy. What's it? He's one of the Incredibles. Dash. Dash maybe. I'll have a the Incredible in. boy. I don't know. Incredible. No, Incredible boy is what the baddie calls himself at the start. The, the Incredible boy. You, you knew a, who you I meant. A, you had an Incredibles lunchbox. How do you not remember this? I used to keep gin in it. <laughs> <laughs> And your and your thong, yeah, donkey dick thong. That's true. That's well. also true. Um, <laughs> wow. Um, oh, those builders. Tom doesn't want to know. The builders at the Britannia pub got an eyeful one night. Yeah. Um, for another, another day. For another, 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 another day. Now, Paul, we've started. It might oh never come God. up again. Um, <laughs> so I used to manage the Britannia Inn on Riverside Drive. Uh, as no one will know, but now you all do. Um, and we were getting the kitchen floor relayed, and I decided, and it was getting relayed overnight and stuff. So I decided to just stay up late and drink all through the night because uh, I lived above the pub and stuff anyway. Um, I drank a little bit too much and I ended up in my donkey dick thong running around the kitchen as they're trying to lay the floor and then I passed out. Wow. Fantastic. If any of the builders from that day are listening, please do get in touch at the Redman TV on Twitter. Um, so my my just thoughts on blind, this. You've no. opened... You've opened... <laughs> They probably do listen to the podcast, but don't watch the videos. Maybe now, deaf. Um, just out of self-preservation. No, self, not again! Self-preservation. I've just gotten rid of that image. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my immediate thoughts on this was like, I think, you know, your stock standard Disney characters, your, your, your Mickey, your, your Donald, your Goofy, and I'm not sure any of them would be fit. So you've opened up a world there of picking the Disney movies, which I think is an absolutely tremendous show because Mr. Incredible at centre-half. He's, he's sorting all your problems he's out amazing, there. He's yeah. big, he's barely. He looks like a he looks like a Sunday League centre half already, because um, he's a proper grok. I used to play with. I used to play Sunday League with a fella. Daddy, I, I was like 15, 16, and he was in his forties. And I loved playing with him because he was like he was like an alehouse Sammy Yeah, it was great. John Taylor. I don't. I don't I'm not used to live to fan. He's listening. Great man. Great centre half. Um, Who's your forward? Be but then? my forward, I feel maybe like an Aladdin. I think he's got like you know again he, he's nippy he's got he's, he's got pace he's got agility he I think he's fly. gonna get into space maybe he's more me attacking mid Mikatino I don't know I now that I think about Quidditch it Quidditch man wouldn't he really Quidditch yeah it's a Harry Potter thing it is a Harry Potter thing we haven't thing. mentioned Harry no, Potter it's for been a while since we had a Harry Potter reference on the podcast um, ooh yeah that's a, I think they I think a reasonable who, who, who would you who would be your centre half I was when I said it I was thinking Mister Incredible and I didn't know his name. I, didn't, I did know his name. I just didn't know the lad's name. Okay. Um, Luke yeah, Skywalker. He's a Disney character now, is, isn't he? Oh, he is now, isn't he? Yeah. I'd have Darth Vader at the back of Luke Skywalker up front. Yeah, you wouldn't go against Darth Vader, would you? Boom. There you go. Choke the life out of you. <laughs> exactly. Radio um, style. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, maybe it wouldn't suit our defence. Um, brilliant. Thank you very much. I think we can do better on the striker, though. I think we can. Okay. Before we go, then send suggestions in. Yeah, Disney, I want to know people's Disney suggestions on this one. Defense. Tom, you got anything for us? The ice one from the Incredibles. The, uh, a Frozone. 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 Elastigirl, can we have a girl? Yeah, yeah. Well, she can. She just she defence and attack. I think Elastigirl as like a DM would be would be solid. That would like. be quality, wouldn't it? Yeah, or fullback to be fair, just co a cover and fullback. You not? Should we just have a? No, 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 no. Our five side team is just the Incredibles. Sad. That is a five-a-side team. To be fair, the baby, if we, when Incredibles 2 comes out, loads easier because the baby's going to be grown up and it's got every Along power. with Mamma Mia, here we go again. That's out next year. What? Yeah. What? That's a film. Mamma Mia, here we go again. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Really? Who's yeah. made by? I think so. I don't know. I don't understand where you've come from. Where you've come from was, you said the, the Incredibles and I was like, that's a film that's out next year. Okay. Along with Mamma Mia, here we go again. Okay. But you didn't know, this, I'd know that. All the Marvel characters are Disney characters as well. Oh. So I'm having, you know what, let's do it. I'm having, Sp I've always said Spider-Man in goal. Yeah. You're not getting a better goalkeeper than Spider-Man. The thing is, you'd put a fake net Five yards in front of the in front of the goal, so they think they'd scored. We just wedge the goal up and sound, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I want I want to give them that but hope and take it away. But Spidey's got perfect handling. He's got the Spidey sense, so he knows when danger's there. Exactly, perfect Lovren. Poor old Dexy Lovren had a really good Lovren game of the weekend, and we've just accidentally destroyed him on this week's show. But we didn't need to. Go on, Dexy. We continue to be good. Um, I think. Maybe like an like incredible Hulk in midfield. Again, Thor, as you destroy centre half the Hulk alongside maybe a Thor. There's your powerhouses. Quicksilver on the wing. I don't know who he is. Fast one. Runs red. You've seen the Avengers? Yeah, I still know who he is. I don't know. Have you seen the, the, any of the X Men films recently? Uh, the the new one. Really I saw fast. the newest like one with you. The Marvel's Flash is fine. 
could we have Wolverine in the centre? You can have Wolverine. He'd be our, like, oh, our like wolf from Gladiators. Oh, Wolf and yeah. Roy Keane style, Graeme Souness midfield in force. He's a bit small though, but fine. I just, I'd have him just terrorising in the midfield. Professor X in charge, just shutting people's brains down when it's not going our I'd way. I'd have him centre mid. I'd have. Cyclops is captain. And so why? He doesn't need to move. Cyclops is Jordan Henderson captain, to be fair. He was just a bit boring, but he's dead good at his job. He's, he's the perfect fit for it, but no one's getting his Who do you think would win out of the five-a-side match with the X-Men and the Incredibles? The X-Men. Yeah, it's probably right, isn't yeah, it? I think, okay. I, I'm not sure. We've, I'm not sure. I think we're just freestyling this Storm. a little too much here. Storm, well, where would Storm play, Tom? Stoke. Stoke. <laughs> <laughs> Manchester, <laughs> Castle Grayskull. Um, Could you imagine players so yeah, on a Monday night with Storm playing? on the wing. Yeah, okay. Uh, Cap- to be fair, Captain America's got to be a captain. It's in his name. Um, I'd have him as vice. <laughs> Make him work for it. He's fine. He'd do one. I'll take, I'm sure he'd take one for the He'd be gutted. Up front. Who's know. your Marvel superhero who's going up front? I don't know. I don't really know the Marvel superheroes. Let us know by tweeting in at the Rev NTV. Superman's DC, is he? Yeah, Superman's DC. Don't even ask the question. How dare you? Um, uh, Division's crap. I'd stick Black Panther up front because he's hard as. And I'd go for... But there's only one up front, isn't it? We've argued there's no point in putting two up front because we believe in the midfield week. Um, Our midfield will probably be all right. uh, Probably okay. Great platform. Uh, Anyway, that'll do us. Thanks very much. Thanks very much for the question. Uh, Thank you very much to everyone who sent it in. Thanks very much to Steve Hoare, who doesn't listen, who sent in a question who was trying to get us to to talk about FSG again and get us in trouble, which we won't. Not in trouble with FSG. (laughs) In trouble with people who don't like FSG. Um, And, uh, yeah, thanks everyone who's listened. Thank you very much for getting involved if you're on itunes leave us a five star rating that's much appreciated um, if you are subscribed to the redmentv.com you'll be able to watch the video version of this if you're not subscribed to the redmentv.com to watch the video version of this um, loads of amazing in-depth podcasts got an exclusive actually before we go we did an exclusive interview with lucas lave if you want a little taster of that to know what it's all about have a listen to this 2008 2009 Old Trafford, mm. um, Zabi Alonso's injured, and you you come into that game, and it, it, I mean, obviously the standout performers in that are Fernando Torres and Aurelio, etc. But what a what a what a game, what a performance! I think that was probably the first time that under Rafa, everyone went, "Wow, okay, we un- that's what we've been building towards." It was a what a what a game to be involved in. Yeah, um, it, it was a, a fantastic game, fantastic. And uh, now I left, I can say, I remember Redknapp uh, praising Alonso in that game, but I, I was Not playing yet. that game. <laughs> so, um, uh, now I can say because I'm gone, so... Um, but yeah, that game was fantastic and was a, a, another, another, um, another time that, uh, one more time that Rafa showed a lot of trust. You know, uh, of course the team, was, the team was very, very strong and it was not easy, but it was uh, for me. It was good to go in that team, and you know things were working really well. We 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 had a very good game before against Madrid yeah, at yeah. home. So, but yeah, these games that uh, showed that Rafa really trusts me, and and slowly I was um, getting where I wanted to be. You know, what are your memories of that game actually? Because it, uh, Ronaldo gives them the lead, and there must be a feeling it's Old Trafford. Yeah, oh God, of course. Again. When you go losing against Manchester, it's um, you always think it could be a long day. You know, <laughs> it, it's normal. But uh, like I said, the team we were so uh, so strong in every every everywhere on the pitch. So all the parts. So and then of course Fernando and Stevie made the difference as always they did, and and changed changed things around. But. Um, yeah, it was a fantastic was game. That, was that the best side that you played in? Probably yes. Probably yes. There you go. That's our chat with Lucas Lever. We've got loads of it. He was amazing. If you want the full interview, three parts of Lucas Lever wonderousness, sign up to the RedmenTV.com. Start your free month trial. Get involved. And uh, yeah, walk on.